Welcome to another episode of Mutual Growth, a podcast by Penn Community Bank. I'm your host, Aaron Clark. After more than a year of record-setting rates and one of the hottest housing markets in recent memory, what does 2022 have in store for home buyers? Today, we're joined by Jim Callista, Penn Community Bank's new Director of Residential and Consumer Lending, to review where the market has been before looking forward to what comes next. Plus, we'll review the products and services Jim's team of residential lenders offer to empower home buyers and owners. After the show is over, be sure to check out the show notes and links to resources at pencommunitybank.com slash podcast. All right, Jim Callista, welcome to the show. Thank you. We are excited to have you on both to talk about residential lending and all the excitement that's going on in your space, but also to to welcome you uh, to Penn Community Bank, one of our newer team members. So excited to introduce you to, to our listeners and, and learn a little bit more about you. So before we dive in, can you just give us a little bit of background uh, and tell us how you came to be a, a part of Penn Community Bank? Sure. And I'll, I'll preface it by saying not only did you welcome me, you welcome me like a family. The, the, everybody I've, I've met at every level has been warm, friendly, engaging, helpful. It's really been great. Um, So a little bit about me. I got into the business at a a young age, just out of college, and and really it's all I've ever done. I'm I'm fortunate to have have entered a business that I really love and and am passionate about. Started out with a company that was owned by a financial conglomerate at the time, Coldwell Banker and what was Sears Roebuck. And they, they later spun off that, that, the mortgage piece to PNC Bank. Uh, a little bit later on, I was an area manager for Countrywide Home Loans. And for the last eight years, I've been the lending director of a local credit union. Uh, I've always lived in Bucks County, and, and, and so I've admired the bank, its value, its culture from a distance. But now I'm excited to, to be part of it and uh, to continue the great work that, that Steve, Steve Murphy and, and his team have done. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly, it's been a a busy past uh, couple months. Going back to the beginning of the pandemic, it seems like uh, residential lending and mortgage lending has really been in, in a world of its own. But before, so before we we look ahead at, at the housing housing market as it exists, we'll we'll kind of look back. What has been the housing situation over the past year and a half or so, uh, as you've seen it? Uh, I, I, I guess to say it's been crazy would be an understatement. Um, you know, there's been record setting volumes on the purchase side of, of the market and obviously on, on, on the refinance segment as well. And this is all despite what's going on with the pandemic. Home prices have been accelerating as a, you know, as a result of less houses on the market and the, the frenzy to buy. And um, it's resulted in a lack of inventory. Mm-hmm. So the purchase transactions that we're seeing end up being bidding wars where, mm-hmm. where somebody will list the property for X and within a day or two have six, eight, ten offers um, with, with prices significantly above the asking price. And, and I'm not talking just a couple of thousand. We've seen instances of homes selling for $100,000 more than the asking price. So wow. it really has been been wild. And, and outside of some supply chain issues on the, the new construction side, that sector's remain strong. And, and you know, sometimes as a byproduct of a, a difficult situation, the pandemic, we see things that, um, you know, that have changed. You know, sometimes necessity breeds ingenuity. 
So paperless processes, touchless settlements, electronic recording of instruments. These are a few examples of things that have been talked about and started, but the deployment was accelerated because of the pandemic. And it's actually resulted in more efficiencies and some of those things becoming part of what we do on a regular basis, not just temporarily. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And, and one that we've had a number of guests from the bank in various departments kind of talk about. And even Gene, who's our, our CEO, mentioned at our officers meeting this year is this idea of just being able to kind of pivot and know that some of these efficiencies or changes that we've made in response to the pandemic are, are going to just now be best practices for whatever banking, lending uh, portion of, of the institution you're in. So uh, a great point, uh, especially as it relates to, to home buyers and those looking uh, at residential lending. You sure. Can- and, and, you know, as, as, as an example of that, when, when you go to a restaurant, I, I, I now think, why was there ever a menu? Right. I always just have the ability to scan it and, and not have to worry who touched the menu before me. Yeah, that that is a great point. So even outside of uh, even outside of our uh, realm, uh, certainly some some new things that that folks can expect to see moving forward. Absolutely. Um, w- one thing that maybe folks should expect or, or not expect to see moving forward is is this rate environment that you mentioned. That's really driving some of uh, these these home purchases, refinancings. Um, how did rates o- over this period impact? home buyers, homeowners, uh, and how did it impact you and the Penn Community Bank team as, as lenders? So, um, you know, for the person looking to refinance their home, it was a great opportunity because of those lower interest rates, right? So they could either just keep the loan the way that, that it is, lower the rate, and therefore lower their payment. Depending on what their needs and what their long-term plans are, sometimes it made sense If the person was comfortable making their payment now, reducing their term, right? Mm -hmm. So so if you end up with 36 less mortgage payments at $1,500 a month, you look at the amount of wealth or equity that that person's building, it's considerable. Other people gave them an opportunity to consolidate some some debt that was at higher interest rates. And for for many people, they, they realized they needed a real home office or a nicer kitchen or just more space so they could make improvements to the home. Mm-hmm. You know, for the person trying to sell, it was a great time because values were, were, were going through the roof. Now, the flip side of that is that most of the sellers also had to buy something. So while right. they benefited from the higher price on what they sold, they had to go around, they had to go out and buy something at a higher price. Uh, you know, from the buyer's perspective, if, if they were fortunate enough to find a property and, and now not get outbid, um, they benefited from the lower rate environment as well. So, you know, really the, the, the part of the market that had the most negative impact was the first time buyer. And, and the reason is the biggest barrier that a first time buyer faces is saving enough money for the down payment. and closing mm-hmm. costs. So prior to the pandemic, it, it had become real common for a seller as an inducement for that buyer to pay a portion of the buyer's closing costs to reduce their out-of-pocket costs. Now, in the competitive environment that we've had for the past couple of years, that seller is, is sitting there with you know, 8, 10, 12 offers, some of them cash, so they're less willing to negotiate. Um, so as, as a lender, we benefit from the, the, the increased volume, 
but it puts a strain on capacity, right? right. So, you know, in, in, in terms of being able to deliver, we're fortunate enough to have a, a dedicated staff that, that, that made it happen, but it's not without a significant amount of effort. Now, what's the what's the current lay of the land when it comes to the housing market? Are rates still a factor? Do we anticipate them uh, rising? What's next? So uh, rates continue to be very favorable. I mean, you've got fixed rate mortgages in the the, the low to, to mid three percent range. The market continues to be strong. But, you know, at the same time, there's only so many refinances that are out there. And and traditionally, the home sale market between uh, Halloween and the first of the year tends to slow down. Sure. But there is nothing to suggest that the that, that the traditional spring market is going to be any anything different than, you know, than the frantic pace we saw last year. Yeah. So so looking into your crystal ball, whether it's for folks, you know, if they haven't refinanced yet or, you know, you mentioned first time home buyers, or even if it's for your team looking in that crystal ball, what is the what is the future hold in, in the residential uh, lending space? Well, on, on, on the positive side, uh, some of the advances that we've seen in technology, o- almost forced to, to implement them, will continue to to happen. And, you know, we'll, we'll challenge ourselves to to be able to come up with e- even more innovation to streamline the process. Mm-hmm. Um, at, as far as rates, it, it, it's an economic necessity that they have to change, right? I mean, it's not a question of if they're going to rise, it's when that's going to happen. And, and if, if I had that crystal ball, you'd be the first one to know. <laughs> um, so what, what we expect once that happens is a little bit less refinance activity and a more normalized purchase market. That would help the first time buyers, right? It would help existing homeowners move up. Um, and as the market pivots, we need to understand the impact and we need to be the leaders to make people understand what that is. So as an example, we, we looked at lower rates and the impact that it's had on prices, right? They, they, they've right. escalated like crazy. The, the, the flip side of it is higher rates might actually stabilize some of that acceleration. So the impact to somebody may not be what they think it is. As an example, if if you bought a house for 350000 and put down 20% and had your mortgage payment of, of what it is, it be, and, and that three hundred and fifty is at an interest rate of three and a quarter because of the type of market, you know, that, that we're in, right? Mm-hmm. Your interest rates, your, your payment is going to be in the um, in in the twelve thirteen hundred dollar range. Mm-hmm. Now, if I go a full percent and take that interest rate to four and a quarter percent, and that's a pretty substantial increase in in rates, mm-hmm. is it reasonable to suggest that that three hundred and fifty thousand dollar house might sell for ten percent less? Right, might might drop to three thirty five. If if it if it drops. The, the 10 percent I'm sorry it's the 315 um, the impact on the payment is nothing hmm. because it's a lower price lower mortgage amount higher interest rate to the to the person buying that home it's it's the same thing the, the difficulty is going to be 
interest rates are very emotional, right? Sure. Part of the frenzy is I got 3%. I got 2.99%. It's, it's cocktail banter. It's, it's the, the, the thing you talk over the, the fence with your neighbor. But looking beyond the obvious and, and, and helping people focus on monthly payment is something that we're going to need to do more often in, in the coming market. Yeah, a really, a really, a really interesting point. And I think one of the biggest takeaways here for, for folks listening is that um, these are the type of, of conversations that you want to have a partner to have with, right? As you're going through, uh, whether it's a home buying process or, or any other type of lending product. Uh, and that's what, you know, that's what Penn Community Bank does uh, is build that relationship. Um, so for folks who are, are listening and, and going, hey, this, this gym guy knows what he's talking about. Um, can you just give us a splash? What are the, uh, the products and services that your team offer that might be helpful for listeners? And what kind of advice or, or relationship do you bring to the table that they might not get uh, in another lending partner? Well, we, you know, we offer full menu of products, conventional products, government products, fixed rate, adjustable rate for purchases and refinances. And, and to your point, Aaron, it's important to understand the needs of the person looking to, to either purchase or refinance, not only today, but when we speak to people, we want to know what their plan is for life. When do you plan on moving up? Do you plan on moving up? Do you plan on relocating? Do you plan on, on, on acquiring a vacation property? All those things come into play in helping somebody make the right decision up front. We offer products that, that help the first time buyer all the way up to with some third-party uh, relationships that we've developed, super jumbo buyer. Mm -hmm. We offer home equity loans, home equity lines of credit, renovation loans. So really anything to, to do with real estate financing, we have a product to meet the need. But what, what really sets us apart, I think, is that you know we're in an age of national mortgage giants that, that operate out of mortgage factories somewhere in a, a you know, completely different side of the, the country, in some cases in a different side of the world. Um, everybody that would ever interact with someone coming into Penn Community Bank lives and works locally. Mm -hmm. The loan officer, the processor, the underwriter, the closer, all are local people who understand the market and, and in some cases, the nuances of the market, right? Sure. All the decisions that we make are made locally. And since we understand the local market and have the capacity not to have to always abide by secondary market guidelines, we can sometimes make decisions that other people can't or, or won't. Right. So, you know, we, we try to operate from the premise that if a loan makes sense, we're going to do it. And you know, to, to, to anybody listening, I think it is important that, that we're here. You know, I, I, I can't say it any better than, than we've said it before. It's here we grow. Yeah, a, 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 perfect, uh, a perfect way to, to end on. It really is a, a true encapsulation of the bank's, the bank's brand and what we all enjoy doing here uh, at Penn Community Bank. Jim, I, I can't tell you how great it was to, to welcome you to the team here, but to have, to have you on and, and talk through this. There's so many other topics that we can uh, have you back on, whether it's home equity lines and, and loans and, and talk about renovations or second homes. The, uh, the opportunities are endless. So we'll be sure to have you back on uh, early next year to, uh, to discuss what comes next. But really, really grateful to, to have you on today. 
Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mutual Growth, a podcast by Penn Community Bank. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. And as always, keep up with the latest from Penn Community Bank by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Penn Community Bank and connecting with us on LinkedIn. For more information about this podcast, links to past episodes, and to learn more about community-first banking, just visit pencommunitybank.com slash podcast. Mutual Growth is the official podcast of Penn Community Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. It is produced for the benefit of current and prospective customers and partner organizations. This program is provided solely for educational and entertainment purposes. The information contained herein is based on sources believed to be reliable, but is not represented to be complete and its accuracy is not guaranteed. The opinions, views, and estimates expressed are those of the presenters at the date of production and are subject to change without notice. Please email marketing at pencommunitybank.com regarding booking or repurposing any part of this podcast.